0: Hal um, And it is a honor uh, to be able to introduce the life to you this Um Our church
1: has had a long history um, with them and uh, just want to welcome y'all or thank
0: if I need a microphone or not. Can you hear me in the back okay? Or should I use the microphone? Try a microphone. Try the microphone. Okay. I don't, I'm not really friendly with these things. Well, we're very glad to be with you this morning. I'm impressed by the number of people here. One of the things I really love doing is talking about what the Lord is doing with us over in Africa and India and other places. I think Sandy could tell you we've been staying with her it if you let me, I'll talk your ear off telling you about what the Lord's doing with us. I'm just very enthusiastic about our ministry and at the end I'm going to talk about where the Lord's leading us now is it's, uh, to new grounds. Anyway, we're, my wife and I, Mary Lee, are members of a small PCA church in uh, South Carolina. We're independent missionaries. We're not with MTW but we are Presbyterians. We, uh, we have served as missionaries in Uganda now for the last uh, eight and a half years. Our, we first started on the mission field. Uh, nine and
1: nine.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, well, nine and a half years. Said, Don't interrupt me. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, nine and a half years. We started as full time missionaries <clears throat> when I was too old to become a missionary. I was 62 years old, and I have health issues. And I knew, we we had wanted to be missionaries for many, many years, but I knew I was too old. I remember telling my pastor that. And then we had something called Hurricane Katrina came. And I, I volunteered, figuring they couldn't use me, but they did. In fact, they kept me for two and a half years in Biloxi, Mississippi. And that's where we met this church. Now, how many of you came to Biloxi? Uh... Just Sandy. Okay, time passes. But anyway, as I said, Friday night you came over and over again, and you kept feeding us, and you got to be well known, and people tried to schedule coming down to work when the team from Macon would be feeding us. The food was so good. Anyway, um, we didn't realize at the time, but Biloxi was basic training for us for the mission field because. We left Biloxi and got home in the middle of April in 2008. We received a call to go to Uganda Memorial Day weekend, and three months later we were on the ground in Uganda. Support was raised. Well, the support was raised because our support team to this day is mostly people that knew us from our days of Biloxi to Katrina team. Anyway, God prepared us to go to Uganda, and we got over to Uganda in August of 2008. And real soon we learned that what we were called to do was not what we, what we went to do was not what God was calling us to do. So we ended up the end of 2008, early 2009, wondering, why are we in Uganda? We, my wife had given up a good job, and we'd cut all our ties here, and there we were in Uganda. Well, shortly, early in 2009, the Lord showed us what he wanted us to do, We started uh, traveling around the country doing four-day pastor conferences. We'd go in and call the pastors, come in, and we'd do some teaching uh, for them from the Bible. And we traveled the first 2009 and into 2010. We did a tremendous amount of traveling in Uganda. We've been all over that country and parts of Kenya. And I want to say traveling in Africa is a challenge. It's not like getting on the interstates and just zooming along and getting to a nice comfortable hotel. At one time I thought I should write a travel guide about the hotels in Uganda. Only you're familiar with four star hotels and three star, five star. Mine would have been negative one, negative two, all the way to negative five. Uh, I'll give you one quick example of of what the hotels are like there. Uh, We come to a, a hotel in the evening, we always tried to pick the new ones because they didn't have time to get run down so badly, but this was a new hotel. And of course, we got there, no electricity, and we asked, well, do you have a generator? Oh yeah, we have a generator, and no running water, which we're used to, they had jerry cans. So it got dark, and no lights came on, and they said, oh, we're waiting for parts to come from the capital city to fix our generator. Of course, the true translation probably is, they didn't want to buy fuel for a generator. So we go to bed, still no running water. The middle of the night, we got water that deep in our room, all or flooded. It came from the bottom of the toilet and flooded our room. They got a negative four or a negative five rating. But as we traveled, we learned what the true reason God had brought us to Uganda. The uh, we these pastors conferences. We found out quickly that most of the pastors in Uganda, and what I'm saying in Uganda, I'm talking about the rest of Africa find in India and much of the world uh, untrained pastors. They they know nothing about Jesus or almost nothing. They preach health, wealth, and prosperity. Uh, How many of you have ever sat under a sermon entitled, God helps those who help themselves? Well, if you were in Uganda, and I asked that question, almost every hand would go up. That's a very common uh, subject to preach on over there. But there are <coughs> estimated to be thirty to 40,000 untrained pastors in Uganda. There's an organization that's been there for more than a quarter of a century that comes up with that figure. So as we traveled around, we discovered this, what I've just reported, but we also found something that was key to us being able to have this ministry of Africans teaching Africans. And what it is, is there is a hunger to learn. We would go in and have a four-day pastors conference, and at the end of it, as we were preparing to close, more than once, at different locations, people, the pastors would get down on their hands and their knees and tears in their eyes and beg us, please stay, continue to teach us, please come back. So we found that hunger that they that they wanted to learn the Bible, and we see that to this day, uh, the teaching ministry I'm going to talk about in a couple of minutes, um, our leaders in these different countries continue to report how they, they went to a new part of their country and the people just welcomed them and they were so happy that they were coming to teach them about the Bible. We even see it in in our youth. Uh, We have a youth ministry in addition to our pastor training ministry where the highlight of it is for me, Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock about 50 teenagers come to my house and we have a very serious Bible study. So that was the key to us forming Africans, teaching Africans, the fact that the people were so willing to learn, but these three-day, these four-day pastor conferences were, were nice. But they, can't, you can't train a pastor to preach in four days. You just can't do it. So I was thinking in those days, like a westerner, and I told my wife, "We need to come back to the U.S., raise millions of dollars and hundreds of Bible teachers to come over to Uganda and teach." But um, that wasn't God's plan. And very quickly He showed me a, a system that we now call Africans teaching Africans and what that is uh, what is very important is that there are many Africans who have graduated from Bible colleges Uh, there's been missionaries in Africa for you know 140 150 years and we seek out these people to be our teachers Uh, this we have a plan I'm not going to be able to give you many details about the plan but the plan that we follow, I give the Lord the credit for it because I'm not an idea person. I'm more of a, an organizer. But by 2010, he had showed us a plan. And a plan, like I say, is to recruit Bible College graduates to be our teachers. I've written a curriculum for them. We have a plan for them. We, um, we tell them that wherever they live, they can have a class it's non-denominational, it's the church coming together. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. We, of course, are following Scripture. A very very familiar passage is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So that's the verse we're trying to follow. Now, Africans teaching Africans, Indians teaching Indians, I think is very similar to the early church after Jesus died. I think we have a lot in common. Uh, The picture I have of the church in Jerusalem was the, the Christians were poor people, like the Africans. They weren't well trained. I don't think people like Peter had a lot of schooling, like the Africans. They didn't have Bible colleges. They didn't have Bible seminaries. All they had was the gospel, and yet these Christians, as you know, went all around the Roman Empire and beyond and planted Christianity. Uh, so that's what we're doing in a sense. We're, we're copying what they did. And the way it works is uh, well, let's say I'm at a Bible college and I'm talking to the students, and I might say to you, What's your name? And you tell me, Where are you from? And you tell me that. And I say, Well, what do you want to do when you graduate? And you say, "Oh, I want to go back to my hometown and be a pastor." And I say, "That's great. You go back and be a pastor. We need you to be a pastor. But one day a week, give up three or four hours of your time. Gather around you the the pastors in your area who have no training. Will never get to go to Bible college, and you teach them. And we will. We will. I've, I've written teaching notes for you. We have a guide, and we'll help you." Now, it's very practical. Uh, Everybody's volunteers, so we don't have much money. But we, um, I say it's practical. I've lost my train of thought. This is is why I'm going to talk to you later. I need a replacement for me in our ministry. Um, (coughs) We started out teaching only pastors, and our idea was in about 18 months, to take them from preaching the nonsense that's in your head to preaching faithfully from the bible it, take, it takes a year and a half usually sometimes it takes three years depending on how slow the class is our, our curriculum is uh, old testament survey new testament survey basic church doctrines how to interpret the bible and the last one is how to preach and our final exam to get a certificate from us is you have to preach a sermon that's true to the bible well, along the way, the Africans, as they got involved in it, they started expanding this to now, our teaching is open to everybody. Whether you're a pastor, a layman, or whether you're not even a Christian. We have in Malawi, we have currently a Muslim leader who's studying our materials. We've had witch doctors. So what we'll have is, like, if this is a class, you might be all pastoral camp, uh, pastors and learning to preach. And the rest of you might just be there to learn more about the Lord and all. And it's actually being used, the Lord's using it as a tool of evangelism. <laughs> in Nigeria, our man there is creative, he went to the universities, the secular universities. They have, most of them have, like like an RUF. And our materials are being taught to over 7,400 students in Nigeria. Um, so anyway, that's that's where we are now. Now, the other night, Friday night, I mentioned something I'll mention to you now. What drives me and uh, the passion I have for this and what I hate is earlier today in Africa, millions and millions of people went to church, and they heard nothing true about Jesus Christ. They heard about miracles, and they heard all sorts of things, but they didn't hear the truth about Jesus. And so instead of being led to the cross, they're being led... The other way, they're being led to an eternity separated from God, and I hate that. I really hate that. I think when people go to church, they need to hear the truth. They need to hear the gospel. So anyway, that that's that's something that drives me, and it's a passion. We, uh, I, before I forget about this, we'd love to have you sign up for our newsletters here. They're pretty informative, and also. If you get the newsletters, you'll get our uh, website. We have a website at africansteachingafricans.com or christiansteachingchristians.com. It tells an awful lot about our plan and what we're doing. It's got all the teaching notes on it. If you can look at them and write me and say, I think maybe it would be better to say something a little bit different. Our original, uh, when we opened this ministry up in 2010, we pictured... A few classes in the local area where we live in the uh, capital city of Uganda. We thought we'd stay small, but and I told uh, we we actually started before I was really ready. I started by teaching a class myself, and I said I'll write the teaching notes and figure things out as we go along, and it'll be okay. We won't tell anybody. We won't spread the word, but so we didn't. But the class spread the word. And after we, just after we started, all of a sudden, we're getting calls from this area of the country and this area of the country. Come, help us to get started. We've got to have that teaching. And so we didn't stay small very long. We spread over uh, Uganda. Then we got international Kenya and South Sudan. <coughs> um, I, I guess I've got time to tell you a little bit about how we got in India, and I'll return to Africa. In 2013, at the end of the year, my wife and I were visiting India. It was supposed to be a vacation, and she had some family members from America coming over on a short-term trip, and since medical costs is so cheap in India, I went and had a thorough physical, and at the end of it, they said, you have stage four liver and lung cancer, and we can't treat you. You just go home and die. Well, God had a different plan. He uh, The liver cancer, after after I had had confirmed it, uh, they sent me for a PET scan, and the Hindus are still struggling with this. Uh, The liver cancer was gone. They ended up operating and taking out the lung cancer. And the reason I tell this story was we were forced to spend extended time in India, and I met an Indian Christian, and he wanted to know, what exactly do you do as a missionary in Uganda? And I told him about the teaching. He said, we've got to have it. We need to have this. He is now the leader of Indians Teaching Indians. And at last count, we have over 4,300 students in India studying the Bible. And I'm particularly delighted because our classes are mostly among what's called the unteachable people. Untouchable. Untouchable. <laughs> These people, I mean, it, I wish I had time to go into some detail. It's horrible the way they're treated. But you know what? They make great Christians, and we love visiting them. We really enjoy the time we visit. So that's that's what we're finding. They Christians hear about it. We've got to have it bring it to us. Well, as we continue growing, we... Oh, let me back up for a minute in 2015, we were here at a missions conference. At that time, I really was struggling getting over to cancer, and then after we left here, I went and had a herniated disc in my back and went through all that. So when we returned to India, I was, I was or like Africa, I was kind of defeated. And I know God is still chuckling over this. I said, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't feel competent to be able to expand this ministry to cause it to grow but i'll just try to maintain it and please find a replacement for me somebody that can take it to the next level and i I said that to god and i think he chuckled and he said that's not my plan and real quickly he sent me put me in contact with five people who were qualified and willing and by the end of the year we were we had classes in nigeria uh, Liberia, Ghana, Malawi, and Zambia. So, we can we've continued to grow. We now have classes in 16 African countries plus India. We have 1,800 volunteer teachers. We have 40,000 students. Actually, we have more than that now. That was at the beginning of the year. It just blows my mind what the Lord has done with this. He's taken that little vision I had of a few classes around the capital city to all these countries with all these these, uh, people. Um, Before I move on I want to mention India. Please pray for the church in India. They are under extreme persecution right now. The prime minister of India is a Hindu who says India is for Hindus only couple weekends ago there were two pastors murdered down in southern India it was a weekend of a lot of violence many churches were broken into during the service and the people chased out and damaged and people hurt Uh, extreme persecution in fact uh, I was notified we had four classes where churches had invited us come and and introduce our teaching to the people in that area and they backed off they said don't come now we've got to keep a low profile it's just too dangerous so be praying for for our brothers in India um, as I said earlier the Africans and the Indians love our teaching and because of that uh, we have gotten to the size we're at now the real heroes of this of course is God is the hero he's the one that's done the work uh, I there aren't 1,800 people in Africa who love me enough to volunteer and be teaching in 40,000. That's God. They love God. These people love God. I w- wish I had time to tell you, our teachers, um, most of them are so poor, you wouldn't, you can't imagine a poverty in Africa until you've been there and lived there for a while. But the, r- the real heroes are the indigenous church, the Africans, the Indians. Um, We're very low budget. The only money involved is for our leaders in the country for travel. Um, At first, I wasn't giving them any travel money, and I had the man in Zambia, I said to him, you haven't opened any classes for a while. How come? He said, well, I don't have $27 to travel to the next town where they want me. So we do give travel money to them. But the rest of them is all volunteer under terrifically hard travel conditions sometimes. I wish I had time to tell you some some stories about their travels, what they run into. Uh, i can tell you one quick one. Nigeria. It's in northern Nigeria, which is a very dangerous place to be. Uh, our leader was going from one town to another to open up a, a new class. And on the way the Boko Haram, attacked them, killed some of their party. He laid on the ground and pretended to be dead until it got dark and he managed to get away. Well... Uh, he's still going. He's still opening up classes. So God has raised a wonderful army over there of people spreading his teaching. Now, our vision is, um, God God seems to be saying, I want this ministry to expand to all over the world. Because America, Europe, you have not enough training places for pastors. You have the seminaries and you have to train pastors. But most of the world. They don't have it. Uh, I've talked to people in other parts of the, the world and they say, yeah, we need this kind of a ministry. Even some here, some of the other missionaries here today have confirmed that they need this idea. So we formed a new organization. Uh, it's, it's formed now. We're still doing some of the organizational work. It's called Christians Teaching Christians. Sure. And That's one of my main priorities while I'm here is to help it get firmly established. Our vision is that the leadership needs to be in America, not in Uganda. Uganda was okay when we were small and just starting, but the picture I have is CTC would be like Mm -hmm. an umbrella, like a corporation, and underneath it you would have Africans teaching Africans and Indians teaching Indians and whatever other areas come along would be under that. WE NEED TO BE IN AMERICA FOR A NUMBER OF REASONS. Uh, ONE IS, I MENTIONED MONEY. WE'RE NOT BIG MONEY. We, WE DON'T NEED A LOT OF MONEY, BUT WE DO NEED MONEY. AS WE GROW, EVERY TIME WE ADD A COUNTRY, IN MY MIND, I'M SAYING, Oops, THERE'S ANOTHER $300 OR MORE A MONTH WE NEED to SUPPORT. Uh, last, THIS LAST WEEK, THE THURSDAY, WE ADDED uh, DRC-CONGO, uh, WE have NOW HAVE A uh, coordinator, we call him there. That's another $300 a month. It's a very big country. I'm working with a man in another part of the country. I think he's going to qualify and come on board. Another $300 a month. So we do continue to need money. And somebody, I can't do much fundraising when I'm in Uganda. The leader here, well, that would be one of his responsibilities to go raise some funds. And we also think we need we, never, we don't want this to be too many Westerners involved. It's, we want the indigenous church to continue to be the people doing the work. But we need, I believe, regional American, uh, a, a director from America that would come and work like with the, chief, the church in Africa, would come and work with the church in India in an advisory position. So anyway, um, we're hoping that... Uh, we can find an American director. Um, I'm getting older, and we don't want the uh, ministry to die with me. So that's a big item of prayer. If you would pray um, for the Lord to bring just the right person to replace me, uh, the I got a very exciting call Friday morning, and uh, I talked to a man. I think. I really feel good about him possibly replacing me. So pray that the Lord's will would be done, and we get a replacement for me. I want to say, for those of you supporting, nothing has changed about the ministry. We're still doing the exact same things. Uh, ATA will still continue doing what you've supported. ITI will continue doing what you've been supporting. It's just that we're growing. Personally. Uh, we don't want to retire into the rocking chair and take life easy. Uh, I would hope that I would be able to stay, continue in Uganda. We have a, child, a children's ministry, which I don't have time to tell you too much about it. Uh, Sunday mornings, my wife goes out to an orphanage and she teaches the children about Jesus. We have two classes out there. She teaches the older children. And one of the Students what uh, a young African we've been involved with for years We are helping her get through uh, a Bible college now She teaches the little kids in the afternoon. I mentioned I teach uh, Bible study at my home. I want to continue doing that we we provide physical support for how many? Maybe around a hundred kids some full support some little support and we teach and we act as, and in many cases, we act like parents. We are known as uh, grandma and grandpa to hundreds of people over there. We want to continue that ministry. And then something else that has happened with our teaching is we used to be focused on getting the certificate. Like you get a certificate saying you, demonstrating you are able to preach. And if you're just a lay person, you get one that says you, a certificate of attendance. And it was the end, but what we're doing, what we've been doing the last year or so, is we've been encouraging our classes to stay together and continue studying the Bible in depth. And so I'm writing teaching notes now. My goal is the whole Bible. I don't think I'll live that long, but simple teaching notes that they can use. They're, um, I've done Book of Genesis, Amos, Obadiah, Matthew and I just finished Hebrews. And I'm hoping Romans will be the next one, which scares me a little bit. and the reason I write these notes is they they have to be written simply small words they have to the lesson has to be very easy to understand as many of you have been into commentaries um, they're they're above the people that we're reaching so that's that's what i want to continue to do and so we're we're not we're not wanting to come back and just quit we um i mentioned our prayer requests about a a new director we pray that the lord will continue to expand us Uh, i've had some communication with uh, people in other areas of the world so far we haven't found a qualified person but it's coming we always will need money uh, The nature of our ministry is, as we keep adding, like I told you, coordinator on Thursday, we'll continue to need money. Pray for uh, safety for us. Uganda is becoming a very, very dangerous place. We've had a dictator, he's called a president, he's been in power for 32 years, he came to power at the end of a gun. Uh, The country, under his leadership, has gone from fairly prosperous. You've all heard of Idi Amin, or many of you have, and Idi Amin was a terrible man. He was a murderer, but the economy was good when he was chased out. Now we have poverty, like you just can't believe it. Uh, Our youth, one of of the things we struggle with is when our youth get old enough to go out into the world and earn a living, it's 80% unemployment for those in the age group of 18 to 25. And so there just is an opportunity for a tremendous crime. The police, if if somebody is robbing your house, don't call the police, because the chances are they're already there. They are involved in an awful lot of the crime, the police themselves. Uh, We live behind brick walls, razor wires. We uh, live in, our house has bars on all the windows and the doors, and we lock ourselves in at night securely. There's a Facebook group uh, that's just for missionaries from the West. A short while ago, we got a warning. If you hear your water faucet outside running, the water running, don't go out to turn it off. Because what they're doing is they're turning the water on, and you're going out to turn it off, and boom, they're in your house. Uh, It's that that dangerous. We've had missionaries uh, talk about waking up in the middle of the night And there's a man in her bedroom, uh, one of my, as some of you may know, a lady by the name of Carolyn Phillips from uh, Birmingham. That happened to her second floor apartment. There's a man in her bedroom uh, stealing her stuff. And what you do is you just lay there and pretend you're sleeping and hope they'll leave without killing you. So pray for for safety for us. Pray for health. Uh, It seems like every parasite in the world likes Uganda would we, we have a lot of parasites. And and then as, with our older age, we need more medical, but um, beyond the general practice, um, Uganda's pretty sad as far as medical treatment goes. I wish I had more time to talk about life in Africa, but I do want to leave some time for questions, and I know we're, we're getting late. Um, do you want to say anything? She doesn't like to talk. Does anybody... Have any questions? Um, anything you'd like to ask about? Why were the people in India untouchable? The India system, they have five castes. This is part of the Hindu <clears throat> religion. And whatever caste you were born into, you die. And the untouchables are the bottom. They're they are the bottom of society. They're untouchable because they are untouchable. For example, if we're walking down the street and the sun's shining and I'm untouchable and my shadow touches you at a higher caste you have become defiled and you need to go home and purify yourself because my, sh- I'm so untouchable my shadow contaminates you you go to a village and there will be a, a main village and then to the side there will be a run down village, that's the untouchables they're not allowed in the main village it's, it's a horrible system I, I hate the idea that People made in the image of God are considered untouchable. But anyway, like I said earlier, I love the ministry of ITI because that's that's who we're reaching—the untouchables. You already have structure. You said in in uh, Florida for CTC. Yeah, we have we have a man in CTC. Will be doing a lot of the day-to-day work. Our board. Of, we have a board of directors. Uh, the pastor of my home church, my wife and I, the fellow in Florida, and a young lady <coughs> in Spartanburg. We wanted to make sure we had somebody young as our board of directors. Can
1: you tell about how the Bibles to these
0: people? Are yeah, um, well, there's a, a tremendous desire for Bibles. Uh, people over there are so poor, they often don't have a Bible. When I first got there, I asked a pastor, would you read from Timothy? Second Timothy, and he says, "Well, I can't. I don't have Second Timothy, because when the Bibles wear out, they wear out from the ends, and you know, all that's left is the middle." We sent Bibles one time up to South Sudan with a team that went up there, and they got to the last place they were visiting. They had one Bible, nine pastors, one Bible. They're sharing the Bible. Now, it's not practical to send Bibles to us to buy here and send us because of the cost of getting those. Most of the countries we deal in have a good Bible society, and we can buy local language Bibles for anywhere from $10, 12 $13 up to $15. We would love to love to get some more Bible money. We'll never, so once again, we'll never have enough. But we had, we had a church that gave us $5,000 in November, and well, I'll tell you the reports I got from the field. That there are many, many happy Christians that now have Bibles. Primarily, they go to pastors. I think I am out of time. Am I not? Or am I? Let, me, let
1: me pray for them. And y'all join me, please. Father, we thank you for Bob and Mary Lee and how you have been using them in uh, so many ways. We thank you for your sovereign hand that used a hurricane to get them to Africa and how you used cancer to get them to India. We pray that you would continue to provide them with health and safety so that um, they can continue to uh, train and teach and encourage and build this ministry that uh, you are using in so many ways for uh, us here we ask that you would uh, motivate us to uh, support and uh, consider being called into the field as you have called uh, them we, we pray for a new director Lord uh, you have a plan here and so we ask that you would uh be clear in who who the next uh, uh, leader who the next um, leader is for this ministry, so that uh, you can continue to use it and reach out to others. Thank you for your presence with us and for your love for us in Christ's name. We pray. Amen. Amen.